All right, well, at this time, I would ask you and invite you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm, the book of Psalms, and we're going to look at Psalm 18 uh, this morning. Psalm 18, and as you're turning over there, if you would join me in standing for the read of, reading of God's Word, if you're able to physically. There have already been a couple, uh, couple sermons already, one by Brother Chuck, one by Brother Andy. Uh, I feel like I don't really need to preach, but... Uh, well, there's an outline in your bulletin, and I just know that you're going to start twitching if you don't get those blanks filled out. So I'll go ahead and preach the message anyway. Psalm 18, and uh, we'll read the first six verses here. Um, we'll look at a few more as we go through the message. But Psalm 18, uh, verse number one says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. And let's pray together this morning one more time. Father, we are thankful for what's already taken place in this service. Thank you for the encouragement of the songs we've sung this morning and listened to. Lord, we thank you for what has already been said and what has been, uh, what we've been reminded about. Lord, I thank you that we can indeed trust you, and I pray, Lord, that this message would help us uh, to find peace in this time of tremendous panic. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us as believers to have a peace that this world doesn't quite understand. And I pray, Lord, that uh, you would help us to understand these thoughts and that you would guide us in, in, into your truth now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, as you know, and as it's already been stated many, already, many times already this morning, this last week our country has experienced an unprecedented time of craziness like never before in our lifetimes. In a matter of a few short days, major professional sports have suspended their seasons, hockey being one of them, and yes, I had some tears when that was announced. Uh, the uh, NCAA basketball tournament has been canceled. Major conferences and events all over the nations, all over the nation have been either postponed or canceled. Many schools and universities have stopped meeting in classrooms and have gone completely online. In fact, uh, Jacob is coming back home. That is a big announcement. He is coming back home, should be here uh, later tonight, I guess. And uh, the West Coast Baptist College has gone to online, and so he has decided to come home. And for that, I'm thankful. Um, I'm thankful he gets to be home. Um, hand sanitizers, bottled water, and toilet paper have become the new form of currency and almost more valuable than gold itself. I have a friend in California who went to Target yesterday at 7.30 a.m., 30 minutes before Target opened, to try to beat the crowd, and he found that he was the 50th person in line at 7.30 in the morning. And I'm sure you have more stories of your own that you could share as well if time permitted. Then two days ago, our president declared a national state of emergency, 
uh, here in America. Now, to say that we are living in the middle of a crisis would be an understatement. We are indeed in a time of potential panic, and everyone's lives have been impacted in some way, shape, or form, uh, and I'm sure yours has been as well. Now, the question remains, is this, can we find peace in the panic? Is it possible? Now, David, uh, the human author of the psalm, Psalm 18, that we read a moment ago, he experienced quite the panic in his life after he defeated Goliath. If you remember the story, his fame quickly escalated. I mean, people were singing songs about him, writing songs and singing them in the streets. So his fame quickly escalated, but unfortunately, so did King's, King Saul's insecurities and jealousy. So much so that Saul attempted to kill David multiple times. In fact, it became so much of a priority to Saul to kill David that he personally went on elaborate missions with his best men to try to accomplish this task. Well, as you can imagine, panic and stress was the new normal for David. He went from a lowly shepherd doing the mundane chores of taking care of the sheep to literally running for his life. He was constantly looking over his shoulder for Saul or another javelin that was thrown in his direction. Now, could David find true peace during his time of panic? And can we during ours? <clears throat> this morning, we're going to look at Psalm 18, which was, by the way, if you look in Psalm 18, verse number 1, right before that, there should be a little inscription on what this psalm was all about. And this was a song that David wrote in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Once the panic was over, once the calamities were gone, once uh, there was tremendous peace in his life, this is what he wrote, this particular psalm. And in this song, we're going to learn three ways in which David found peace during his time of panic and how we can find that same peace during our time of turmoil and uncertainty in our day and age. Well, how did David find true peace during his time of panic? First of all, he found it in his relationship with God. In his relationship with God. If you look in verse number 1 and 2, I'm going to read them once and then I'm going to read them again and I want you to listen the second time to the word that I emphasize. He said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. My buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Okay, now I'm going to read it again, and I want, I want to highlight one of the words that's mentioned a few times in these verses. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Do you realize in those two verses alone, the word my is used nine times? You see, David had a personal relationship with God, and that gave him a true sense of security and peace in his time of panic. Now, David didn't just know about the Lord. No, no, he had a personal and intimate relationship with the Lord. 
In fact, David was so close to God that he was called the man after God's own heart. Was David perfect? No. If you know much about the life of David, you know there are some definite skeletons in his closet. But yet, God still chose to refer to him as the man after God's own heart, to use him as to be the sweet psalmist of Israel, to be King David. God used him in a great way, and God can use us, but we first of all need to have a relationship with him. This close relationship with the Lord gave David real peace in the panic, and it will you and I as well. The fact that we belong to him and that he's our heavenly father, that he loves us and takes care of us, that will help us to have true peace. Now, in truth, without a relationship with God, conversely, there can be no real peace. Uh, A relationship with God can bring peace, but if you don't have a relationship with God, friend, actually, peace is impossible. Isaiah 57 and verse 21 says this, There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. In his description of humanity without Christ in Romans chapter 3, Paul said this about humanity without Christ. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. So we can have tremendous peace when we have a relationship with God, but without a relationship with God, friend, there is no peace. If you're here this morning and you do not have a personal relationship with God, friend, I can't help you get peace, other than to point you to the one who can give you peace, and that is God. Romans 5 and verse 1, Paul said this, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one way to have that relationship with God, and that is through uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, through God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a bumper sticker that I... I used to see, I don't see it too much anymore, but I used to see it, and I have the words of this bumper sticker on the screen, no Jesus, no peace. But if there's no Jesus, there's going to be no peace. So my question to all of you is this, do you know Jesus and does he know you? Yes, being God, he knows everyone, but does he know you in a relationship type of a way? Do you know Jesus? If you do, you can have peace. If you don't, unfortunately, you cannot have peace. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6, one of the names that God gave Jesus uh, had to do with peace. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. It's his name. Jesus in uh, John chapter 16 said this, These things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. There is no other way to have peace than having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, In the world ye shall have tribulation. And boy, Jesus, were you right about that. Uh, You were probably referring to in your mind when you said that to 2020. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Cheer up, my brother, that we heard about this morning. I have overcome the world, Jesus said. Look, for David, the presence of the Lord and the relationship that he had 
brought tremendous comfort and help in his life. In verse number 6, in our text here in Psalm 18, he says this, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of His temple, and my cry came before Him even into His ears. You see, the presence of the Lord in our lives can bring great comfort in times like this that we're going through now. Uh, It was David who also wrote another psalm that mentions the presence of the Lord. It's a very famous psalm. It's the most most famous of them all, Psalm 23. In verse number 4, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, oh, they comfort me. See, David said, look, I'm comforted and I'm helped and I'm blessed when I'm in the, when I'm beside the still waters, when I'm in the green pastures, but also when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't have to fear anything. Why? Because I know my shepherd is right there guiding and directing and protecting. Is he your shepherd? Has there been a time in your life where you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. If not, I can I encourage you like these other gentlemen have, today would be a wonderful day to do that, March 15th of 2020. For those of us who are saved, look, you may not know what tomorrow holds, but thank God that we know the one who holds tomorrow. It's one thing to know about God, but it's a completely different thing to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know Him? Now, the wonderful and the amazing and the mind-blowing thing is this, that God wants us to know Him. He's not hiding Himself from us. No, He wants us to know Him. In spite of the fact that all of us are sinners by birth and by choice, and that we are rebels against the God of heaven, His enemies, despite all of this, He made a way for us to know Him. And can I take a quick moment and tell you the way in which He made for us to know Him. You see, He sent His only begotten Son to this world in the form of a little baby who was born in Bethlehem's manger to a virgin named Mary. That little baby grew up and lived a perfect and sinless life. And that that man, Jesus Christ, was crucified at an old rugged cross just outside of Jerusalem. There He hung naked between heaven and earth and paid the price for all the sins of mankind, including yours and mine. And there Jesus hung on that cross for six long, excruciating hours before He finally gave up the ghost. He was then buried in a borrowed tomb and they rolled a large stone in front of that tomb to seal Him in. Well, praise the Lord, that stone could not keep Him in that tomb because you see, three days later, up from the grave, He arose with a mighty triumph over His foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and He lives forever with His saints to reign. And because He lives, I can face tomorrow. And so can you. I want to encourage you, if you have not yet trusted Christ as your Savior, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Will you make the decision today to repent of your sins and believe on Jesus Christ? Because, folks, there is no other way. There is only one way that we have a way of escape. And that is through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. 
Praise the Lord, He has made a way for us to have a relationship with Him. And praise the Lord for the peace that we can find during the panic in that precious relationship we have with our loving Heavenly Father. So yes, you can find peace in the panic through your relationship with God. And if you're here and you don't have a relationship with God, please today, we're all begging you, we're all urging you to make the greatest decision of your life and to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. How else can we find peace in the panic? Yes, through our relationship with God, but also by relying on the Word of God. By relying upon the Word of God in a time like this. If you uh, look here in Psalm 18 and look with me in verse number 22. David said this, For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. And then jump down to verse number 30. As for God, His way is perfect. It's not always the way we would choose, the way we would sign up for, but it's perfect. As for God, His way is perfect. And then he says, the word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in Him. But David understood how important it was to be in God's Word during his time of panic, during his time of trial. It was a grounding influence in his life to help him keep the right perspective on what he was going through. David had a love for the Word of God like very few others. In fact, the Lord used him to write many of the Psalms, which are Scripture. A lot of his words that he spoke are part of Scripture. And uh, in Psalm 19, he said this about the Word of God. He said, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. He said, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. He said, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Do you need something to rejoice in this day? Yes, I think we all do. And look, David said... This book right here can cause our hearts to rejoice. He said, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. He said, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And he said, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And then he said, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Or again, if you're wanting toilet paper that bad, <laughs> uh, more to be desired than any of those commodities that you and I need in a time like this. The Word of God is that important. He said it's sweeter than honey in the honeycomb, and moreover by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. So the Word of God is essential uh, part of our lives, especially as we go through a time like this, to rely on the Word of God. Now I know a lot of us have been listening and watching a lot of news recently. This week, and it's hard to know what to believe and who to believe, isn't it? It's like, I wonder if they know what they're talking about, or if I, I wonder if what they said is really going to come to pass. I can tell you that there is a, a source of information that you can trust 110% of the time, and that is this book right here. Now, I know that there are some reliable sources out there, but this is the most reliable reliable of the bunch. 
And look, we spend so much time watching something that may or may not be reliable. Don't neglect something that is 100% reliable during this time. Psalm 119 and verse 160, the psalmist said, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Psalm 119, verse 89, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Like, it's done. It doesn't need to be changed. It's not going to change. Verse 138 of that same chapter, Thy testimonies that thou hast commanded are righteous and very faithful. You and I can and should lean on the Word of God during times like this. This will greatly help you have peace in the panic. And David said, look, I, in verse 22 again, I did not put away his statutes from me. No, I killed, held them close. This was the time that he ran to the Word of God, not the time to push him away and say, I'm too busy. It's too chaotic out there. I, I don't have time for the Bible. No, this is the time that he ran to it. I want to encourage you to run to the Bible during this time. Psalm 119, verse 165 says this. Many of you may know this verse. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Those who love the Word of God, those who are in the Bible every day, those who really have a good relationship with the Bible, the Bible says it brings peace. But it doesn't just say it brings peace, it brings great peace. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. If you're easily offended, uh, that's an indication that maybe we don't have the best relationship with the Word of God. If you have a short fuse and things just tick you off like that, it could be that you're not in the Word of God like we all should. But great peace have they which love thy law. God's Word gives peace in our lives if we would but get into it, spend time in it. Proverbs 3 and verse 1 says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life. And here it is, and peace shall they add to thee. The word of God gives us peace. But we've got to be in it. We've got to spend time in it. Look, it never says watching the news gives us peace. Being on Facebook and scrolling through what everybody has to say about what's going on gives you peace. No, the Bible doesn't say any of that. The Bible says the Word of God gives us peace. So in a time like this, we need to rely on the Word of God. One of the blessings of the situation is that many people have a little more time on their hands. God has, in essence, cleared many of our schedules, hasn't He? Where I would normally spend watching the Dallas Stars lose and dwindle their season down to not making the playoffs. Now I have a little extra time. What am I going to do with that time? And what are you going to do with yours? I know. Watch more news. Watch more hype. Feed the panic. Feed the frenzy. That's what we should do with our extra time, right? How about being still and knowing that He is God? Oh, we hear about that and we say, I'm just too busy. Okay, God's fixed that for a lot of us. Why not take that time to just spend time with Him? Can I tell you that is a lot more productive than sitting in front of a screen watching someone talk about what's going on? I'm not saying we don't need to be informed. Look, there's, I, I want you to be informed. But there is a point where it's too much information and not enough 
godly perspective on the situation? How about spending extra time in prayer? How about using this to pray for our church family and to pray for wisdom and to pray for those in charge of the situation and to pray for God's will to be done in lives and for people to be saved? And Why not make the most of this opportunity? So, look, if we're going to have peace, we're going to have to be in God's Word. That's how David was able to make it through some of the things that he went through uh, with his battle against uh, Saul, as Saul was after him and after him and after him. I mean, his whole life radically changed in a matter of a few days, just like many of ours have too. And yet he was able to find peace through his relationship with God and through relying on the Word of God. And then thirdly, rest in the sovereignty of God. If we're going to find peace in the panic, we're going to have to rest in the sovereignty of God. Look here in verse number 3. I'm going to kind of point out a couple of these verses here. Verse number 3, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. Here Paul or David was saying, look, I'm going to call upon the Lord. I know He's sovereign. I know He's in charge. And I know He can deliver me. Verse number 31. Here David said, For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? He knew that God was in control. He knew that God was in charge. He knew that God was on the throne. And he had to remind himself of God's sovereignty. And then in verse 46, he says, The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. He just kept remembering that, hey, the Lord lives, the Lord is in charge, the Lord is on the throne. And that helped him through, it helped, gave him peace in the panic. The fact that God is in control, God is in charge. First Chronicles 29, here's some of the words of David as he was talking. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel our Father, forever and ever. And then listen to some of the wording he uses here. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Look, God is in control. God is uh, in charge. He's got it. First Timothy 1.17, Paul said, Now unto the King, eternal, immortal, invincible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Psalm 115, verse 3, But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever He hath pleased. God is sovereign. Look, He is in control, and by the way, He's not worried about what's happening right now. He's not in heaven going and biting his nails going, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow. God has this all under control. He knows. He knows what's happening. He is is going to protect us in Psalm 18. And and look in verse number 7. After David prayed and and cried out unto the Lord, in verse number 7, the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken. Because he was wroth, there went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth. Devoured coals were kindled by it. 
He bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. Do you see the power of God here displayed? Look, God is powerful and he can handle anything. Nothing is too difficult for him. Nothing is impossible with God. Uh, your Bible's open to Psalm 18. If you would just quickly turn over to Psalm 91. I want to look at this very briefly this morning. Do you realize that uh, as a believer, you and I are, I want to say the word almost, invincible? Verse number 1 of Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. The psalmist here, probably Moses, is saying that I am going to trust in the Lord. And so you and I have a choice to make as we go through this season. Are we going to trust in the Lord? Are we going to make that choice? Because it is a choice. And as I said in my bulletin article, you're either going to choose fear or you're going to choose faith. It's one of the two. And I want to encourage you to choose faith and to trust the Lord. He said, Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Oh, a thousand shall fall at thy side, but and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. And in the Hebrew, when you look at that, it says coronavirus. Not really. But look it. No plague's going to come. We're not going to get we're not going to get the common cold unless the Lord allows it. Look in verse number uh, 11. He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways, lest thou bear thee up against their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. We're not going to stub our toe unless the Lord allows it. Now, this doesn't give us, teenagers, license to go and do silly things. Remember when uh, Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness and the devil came to him and said, hey, why don't you just cast yourself down? And, and he quoted this verse. He said, hey, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Don't, don't, don't misuse this. Don't be foolish. And uh, I'm going to use a theological word, stupid. And, uh, and expect God to uh, really protect you for doing something like that. No, no. But God's not going to let anything happen to any of us without his permission. Uh, he has angels guarding in each and every one of us. So in a sense... God says, look, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to keep you. So, so trust in that. Rest in that as we go through this. And, and I know maybe some aren't worried about the, the physical part of the, uh, the virus. They're not, they're not thinking about that, but just the fallout maybe financially. But God's not going to allow us to go through anything without his permission. Psalm 4 and verse 8 said this, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. 
God wants us to sleep just as good during this season as we would through time of no turmoil. And we can do that if our trust and faith and we're resting in His sovereignty. Psalm 56 and verse 3 said, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. I'm going to choose to trust in you. If you look at your clock right now and say, Whoa, it's time to be afraid. Uh, you need to say, no, no, it's time to trust in the Lord. It's time to trust in God and His sovereignty. Romans 8.28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called, who are the called according to His purpose. Spurgeon said this about God's sovereignty. There is no attribute more comforting to His children than that of God's sovereignty. Under the most adverse circumstances, in the most severe trials, they believe that sovereignty has ordained their afflictions, that sovereignty overrules them, and that sovereignty will sanctify them all. There is nothing for which the children ought to mournlessly, earnestly contend uh, to than the doctrine of their master over all creation, the kingship of God over all the works of his own hands, the throne of God and his right to sit upon that throne, for it is God upon the throne whom we trust. Spurgeon had it figured out. He understood that the sovereignty of God was something to rest in, something that would grant him peace during times of panic. Dr. or D.A. Carson wrote this, The appeal to God's sovereignty is not to foster hope that we will be spared all difficulty, but to foster confidence that when those difficulties come, we are not abandoned. Things have not fallen out of hand. We can still rely on the God who has permitted us to face these things to supply us with the grace and help we need to be faithful under such circumstances. You and I are in an opportunity where are we going to be faithful? People are going at work are going to wonder how we're going to react to this crisis. Are we going to panic like everyone else or are we going to have a calm rest in the Lord during this time? A.W. Tozer said this, While it looks like things are out of control, behind the scenes there is a God who hasn't surrendered His authority. Like It seems like things are kind of going out of control. It really does. If you go, some of us have talked about before the service, you know, going to grocery stores and going to the stores and seeing things that we haven't ever seen before. Look, God hasn't surrendered his authority one bit. He's still on the throne, and he's still in charge. This is a good illustration, and I wanted to share it with you as I, as I wrap this up. In the, in the frigid waters around Greenland, there are countless icebergs, some little and some gigantic. If you'd observe them carefully, you'll notice that sometimes the small icebergs move in one direction while their massive counterparts flow in another. The explanation is simple. Surface winds drive the little ones, whereas the huge masses of ice are carried along by deep ocean currents. When we face trials and tragedies, it's helpful to see our lives as being subject to two forces, surface winds and ocean currents. The winds represent everything changeable, unpredictable, and distressing, like what we've been going through. But operating simultaneously with these gusts and gales is another force that's even more powerful. It is the sure movement of God's wise and sovereign purposes 
the deep flow of His unchanging love. So don't get so focused on the little winds that are blowing everywhere around. Focus on the fact that there is a sovereign God moving and we can trust and rest in that. So whether it's the current situation with the coronavirus or a health trial or a financial hardship or a strained family relationship or just simple fear about the future, we can indeed find peace in the panic through a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. We can find peace in the panic through relying on the Word of God and through resting in the sovereignty of God. And I hope that you'll indeed find peace in those same areas, in those same ways, as we go through this next season. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the life of David. Lord, a man who knew very much what it was like to experience tremendous panic, but he found peace in the midst of that. Through his relationship with you, through your precious word, and through the fact that you are in control and that you live and that you are on the throne and that you're in control of all that goes on. Father, I pray that you'd help us to find peace in those same places. I pray right now, especially for those here today who maybe don't have a personal relationship with you, oh, I pray they would not leave this place before making sure that they have a relationship with you. For those of us who have, Lord, I pray that you would help us to look to that, look to our relationship with you for peace during this scenario. Help us, Lord, to look to your word and to rely upon your word and to spend time in it as we face this difficult time. And then, Lord, help us to rest in your sovereignty, knowing that you are in control. Help us to rest in that and to trust that you're going to work all things together for good. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.